The first reading is for Genesis 28, starting at verse 10. Jacob left Bathsheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you your descendants, the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will be spread out to the west, to the east, to the north, and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, and I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from the sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Peter. 1 Peter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, sprinkling by his blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Third reading is from Acts 11. The apostles and the brothers throughout, throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of the uncircumcised men and ate with them. Peter began and explained everything to them precisely as it had happened. I was in the city of Joppa praying and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth and wild beasts of reptiles, birds, and of the air. Then I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, Surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told them to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me. And we entered the man's house, he told us how he had seen an angel appeared in his house and say, send, send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them and he had, as he had come on us at the beginning. 
Then I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift as he had given us, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I think, who was I to think that I could oppose God? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. Thank you very much. Thank you, Fidel. And because this is really about God and his creation, God and his people, you can see that the two, three readings, especially the Genesis reading and also the Acts of the Apostles reading, there is one common theme. Is there something that you picked up from those two readings that sort of connects the dots? Because today we're talking about dots and connecting the dots. Anybody? Yeah? You were listening to it. Don't tell me you couldn't find one thing at least. Yeah, anyone wants the microphone, I'm happy to come round to you. Yes, Julie, what did you pick up from, you know? For me, I picked up that God is giving instructions and expects them to be followed. Okay, God is giving instructions and expects them to be followed. Who else has something? Yeah, I know Karen has something. <laughs> come on, <laughs> good. It's about who, who are God's people. So um, Jacob, in Jacob, it's recognized that there'll be a blessing to all nations. Um, and in the Peter one, it's about um, God's people being exiles and elect. Okay. And in the third one, um, that the Gentiles will, can also be part of God's people. If, and I assume if they believe. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yes, anyone else? One more. Come on. Someone from this side. At least we had one here. We had one here. Who wants to bail out the people on this side? <laughs> oh my word. Everyone here. There's Dave. Oh, Nena. Good. Fantastic. <laughs> I was going to call Dave, but good. You're, you're <laughs> I think one of the things that comes out is that God is everywhere. Um, Jacob was in the middle of nowhere. Um, and he, it, it appears it was just where he stopped for the night to have a snooze. And he says, you know, this is, this is Bethel, this is heaven. God was here, I didn't realize it. And um, in the Acts 1, God had gone ahead to the Gentiles and the Christian church hadn't actually picked it up. It seemed odd to them that the Holy Spirit was falling on, on the Gentiles. I can't remember what the Peter one said, but, you know, you know God is, is out there, uh, irrespective of what we're doing. And, in fact, often it's, God who limit, it's us who limit God rather than God who limits us. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Actually, it's um, the same thing. I was just going to say um, the presence of God in the places where we don't expect Him to be. Good. God in places where, you, yeah, yeah. I'll come to you. Thank you, Kathleen. I like that. Oh yes. Good. If you follow Jesus, then you'll live for eternity. If you. If you follow Jesus, then you'll live for eternity. Fantastic. If you follow Jesus, you live for eternity. That's amazing. Thank you, Kathleen. You see, now the other thing is, 
there was this connection between heaven and earth in those two readings. First of all, um, Jacob, now finding God in unexpected places, he wasn't actually seeking God out, but God did was sought him out. He was just, as Dave said, you know, taking a snooze. And then suddenly there was this ladder from earth to heaven. And angels were ascending and doing what? Descending. But that's again another story for another day. It didn't say the angels were descending and ascending. It said they were doing what? Ascending and descending. So the angels are actually with us. Because we only think about angels being in heaven. But what he's saying again is God is there with you wherever you are. Same thing with Peter. That was also that basket this time dropping from heaven in that vision to Peter. It was again connection between heaven and earth. And so every day God is connecting with us. The question is, are we listening? Are we able to actually discern that this is God? Because sometimes, even in our prayers, we pray with certain expectations, don't we? Yes, we do. There's nothing wrong about it. But do you know, sometimes God could decide to do things differently. But how are we able to discern that this is really God still speaking? And talking about God speaking, he was speaking to Peter in a way Peter didn't expect. That's again a story for another day. But it was to draw Peter out from his comfort zone to go out to the Gentiles, it's been mentioned earlier. And in that connection, God was still working. Now, I'll come back to that story. But let's listen to one of the videos from LICC that helps us again to bring home some of what we are saying. Um, are we? Yeah, good. Fantastic. So just listen attentively. Ten hours a day. Six days a week. Whenever I'm needed. Every Saturday morning. I spend my time. In a place that matters to God. With people that matter to God. My front line. In the stresses. Successes. Problem solving. Tantrum resolving. <laughs> Laughter. Teamwork. Jokes. Tears. Boredom. Tension. Cups of coffee. Cans of coke. God is working with me. He helps me see what he sees. Put here by God. He knows the day ahead. This place is rich with possibilities. This is my front line.
this is my front line. This person has discovered where they think God is meeting them and working with them. And where are some of the places that we saw these people thought was their own front line? Yep, coming back to you now. Tell me, what did you see there? Who did you see? Yes, back to you again. In their work, in their play. In their work, in their play, yeah. Different kinds of, yes. Good. Oh, Janice, oh, sorry, I didn't see you. Then I saw you raised your hand. Maybe you didn't. <laughs> Maybe she's um, prophesying. Maybe you have something. <laughs> oh, she was deflecting attention. Actually, she wanted to say something. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't. I thought she did. But um, okay. it was um, like a football coach. Okay. Well. Yes, football coach. Who else? Yes. Oh, yes, Robert, I'm coming around to you. That's good exercise for me this morning. This will be the shortest sentence you'll ever hear me say. On the doorstep. Good. On the doorstep, yes. Our front line could just be on the doorstep. Now, it reminds me when we had the social the other Saturday. Ah. Janice <laughs> was the doctor, the dentist for the day, and someone was the patient. <laughs> you guys missed a lot. They were really, really wonderful. <laughs> Put your hands together for them, I know, for those who were there. <laughs> okay, so you could see in that video that God was using people wherever they were. It wasn't only when there was maybe a worship service. Yes, God uses us here. But when we finish here, he does what? He sends us out. Scatters us out in the community to go and do good. To go and do his work. No wonder in you know, Acts of the Apostles chapter 10, it says that Jesus went about doing good. Because he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. You know, very, very, very important for us to realize that when God is with us, we don't have to build a wall to say this is the only place where God can... If we reduce this a bit, good. You know, we cannot just say this is the only place where God is, where God can meet me. No. Jacob was traveling in the middle of nowhere. Maybe you're in a long-haul bus ride from Swanley to somewhere in the north. In that bus, God could be speaking to you. Maybe you're on holiday somewhere and you thought it's a time for me to rest. And God said, yes, in your rest, I have something to say to you. Let's not ever think that God has stopped speaking. God is still speaking. But we have to find out what is God saying to me? What is God saying to us as a church? And where does God want to use you? Where does God want to use me? Where am I located in my street? 
that I could be a blessing to people down my street. Where has God put me as a teacher to minister to these children God has given me? I was blessed a few years ago when I traveled back to Nigeria and, you know, I went to one of our Presbyterian churches and as I was there, who came to greet me? He was a lawyer and that lawyer was the church secretary of that church I went to that Sunday. But why did I think about him now? Is that he was my student when I taught in a secondary school. And he came saying, what you did for us those years back changed a lot of things in our lives. And I'm saying, wow. Now, I didn't think of it. I thought I was only doing my job. See, the things you do, God could make a very strong impression. God could change a life. Okay, let's sing God of the City. Let's sing God of the City. And, um, and I would like us to rise up and as we sing, just think about it because there's a message in that same song, God of the City. Woo! Great things are still to be done. Please be seated. Did you see any part of Swanley in that? Ah, oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, greater things. I, I think this is a prophetic word, a declaration. Greater things are still to be done in this city, in this church, in this place. Amen. In Swanley. Heavenly Father, we pray this morning. As we, Lord, reflect on these words, we pray indeed that you will give us real hope to know that greater things are still coming. That you have not finished with us as individuals, as a church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, let's bring it all together now. Um, if you don't mind, um, could we switch over to this um, projection from the front? Thank you. Fantastic. So, Frontline Sunday 2, being whole life disciples of Christ wherever we are. Whole life what? Disciples of Christ. The disciple is a learner, is someone who is always eager to grow in their knowledge. And so to be disciples of Christ means we have come to learn from Christ. We want to be like him. We want to please him. You know, once Jesus said, it is good for a disciple to be like his teacher, like his master. So when we talk about all of these LICC things we've been discussing all the while, it's really about encouraging us to know that we are disciples and wherever God has planted us, we are there to make a difference. Amen? We are there to make a difference. Look at this map of Swanley. Look at where Christ Church is in that red dot, somewhere at the center of it all. That red dot there. That's Christ Church. That's where we are. If you Google Christ Church Swanley, that's where you're going to find. 
And there we are, that little dot in this big, you know, map. And you see all the dots all around the place. Some are churches. Um, let me see if I'll find uh, any other church at all. This is Holy Apostles. Are you seeing where my thing is indicating? Very good. And, you know, after Holy Apostles, I think, okay, this is St. Mary's uh, Church of England. Good. That's another church. And we have um, Hope. It's somewhere up there. Sorry, the map cut you out, Hope. But um, here is uh, Elim Church. So you see, Elim, Christ Church, you know, St. Mary's, the Apostles. And actually, there's one church in the town center now. Okay? Have you been seeing that? The old post office. There's a church there now. Fantastic. I've been in there. You know, when they started, I, I just went to say welcome to them so they know that Christians are welcoming them to Swanley. There's a church there. And there's one I'm seeing the name. I've never really seen them. But it's Grace Place Church. Grace Place. It seems they are meeting somewhere, you know, maybe in the, um, what do you call it? Alexander Street, maybe that's, that seems to be the location where that is. But, hey, God has his people dotted and scattered all over the place. So we need to recognize, wherever we are, God has placed us to make an influence, to make a difference. Now, you remember we read 1 Peter chapter 1, and I just want to read that scripture again to... Um, bring our attention to something there. He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles, scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Now, Peter is writing to the saints. He says they are scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, all those places. The church, when it says scatter, you know, it doesn't give a good impression, does it? Scatter. When you come and you scatter things, you know, it's as if you're just, you know, flinging them off. But the real sense of scattering is just how we are placed, dotted here and there. We are not meant to just be like, you know, sometimes believers of old went into little enclaves and made themselves, you know, more or less like they say we are not part of the world. No, the gospel, we are actually in the world yeah, not part of the world in sin and doing the wrong things. But we live among people, we shop with them, we go to school with them, and everything. And if I should ask my young friends now, tomorrow, okay, tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning, where will you be? Let me bring, come, 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 come. Yes, because it's very good. Lovely. Tomorrow morning is what? What day of the week? Monday. Monday. 
And the first thing you said was what? School day. Good. So what will you be doing tomorrow morning? Don't really know. Okay. <laughs> if it's school day, where will you be? <laughs> what will you be At doing? school. Good. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Put your hands together for him. So you'll be going to school tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. And who do you hope to see tomorrow morning in school? My friends. Your friends. Teacher. Exactly. Your friends. And who else? My teacher. Your teacher. And who else? Think about them. Who else is in school apart from your friends and your teachers? Do you have some dinner ladies in this school? They don't do dinners anymore, do they? These days it seems they have... They do, yeah. They, they, they still do. Okay, good. So they are there in school. Do you have anyone who cleans the school? Some of those cleaners who make sure classroom is clean. They are there. Maybe you don't meet them when you come to school. You don't. Okay, very well, very well. Thank you. Lovely. Put your hands together for him again. You see? I like your confidence. You are my friend. I love it. So, here he goes to school tomorrow morning and he's meeting his friends, he's meeting his teachers, and all of them are part of those that God has brought his way. So, back to Genesis. This man running away from his brother. Remember that's what happened there. It wasn't like he went to worship God. Jacob didn't just go to worship God. He was running away from his brother because he had taken what didn't belong to him. And he was running away and then God met him in the midst of it. And God just wanted to reassure him. Yes, you've done the wrong thing. But hey, I'm going to change you. You're no longer going to be Jacob. You'll be Israel. Hi. Wonderful. Now, the key thing here is God coming down to meet him. And then, we fast forward. The Lord Jesus has come. And here, Peter is supposed to go preaching the gospel to the nations as Jesus told them. But they were still concentrating in Jerusalem until God said to them, Peter, there is this man called Cornelius. He's going to come for you because I want you to go to speak to them. Now, because the Jews always had this way of bending among themselves and creating a division with the rest of the people, but God wanted to say, no, you are all one, Jews, Gentiles. So you need to come together, work together. And so Peter goes there, and after his ministration, he goes back to Jerusalem. Oh, they begin to grill him. Peter, we hear you went to the Gentiles. You of all people, Peter. You wouldn't expect that that would come from those who are followers of Christ. Discrimination? No. You wouldn't expect that. But they said to Peter, no, what did you go there to do? And then Peter began to explain to them. Say, hey, I went there. God sent me there. And you know what? The Lord changed those people. God did mighty things. And Peter explained everything. And then they now said, oh, is that what happened? You know, sometimes people do what they do because they are ignorant. They don't know. Some people might see themselves better than others, but they are really ignorant. God created us all 
and made us special, each and every one of us. And so we need to know that God, who has put us where he has put us, wants us to make a difference, not discriminate against anybody or make anyone feel uncomfortable. Now, let me pick a few things from um, the, the notes I have here. You know, God meets Jacob in an ordinary place. In church, it's easy to rush over the central point of the story. God meets Jacob. It sounds like the sort of church talk that most will accept in church surroundings, but possibly be suspicious about elsewhere. Outside the church, we would want to ask, did he imagine it all? Was it because of the stress he was under? But as Walter Brueggemann has said in his commentary on Genesis, neither of these will do. The narrative shatters our presuppositions. It insists the world is a place of such meetings. You see, it, wasn't, it was actually Jacob who named the place what? Bethel. Bethel. And what is Bethel? The house of God. So he named the place what? Bethel, the house of God. Now, it wasn't the name of the place all along. Now, what is he saying to us? That wherever we are is the house of God. Because the Bible says the knowledge of the glory of God will fill the earth as the waters do what? Covers the sea. The heaven is God's throne and the earth is his what? Footstool, which means God is standing everywhere you are. So the house of God is everywhere you are and what you make it to be. So if it's easy to rush over that amazing part of the story, we then try to make it safer for ourselves by thinking that we are most likely to meet God in, quote, holy places. That is churches or chapels or prayer rooms, etc. But the Bible is clear most of the time, God meets people in the least likely places. He meets Moses in a burning bush. Elijah, not in a whirlwind, but in a whisper at the doorway to a cave. Jesus met Zacchaeus up a tree. The woman at the well about her daily tasks. Peter at his workplace catching fish or washing his net by the beach. Mary Magdalene looked for him in a tomb but found him standing behind her. <laughs> That's beautiful. Most of the encounters we read about in the life of Jesus occur in ordinary places, everyday places. As Matthew Henry said, no place excludes divine visits. I know of people who go out to minister to prostitutes out there in the red districts. Because they know that God can still deliver. And a number of them have been delivered from their sins where they are. I know of street pastors who go out midnight. All those who have gone clubbing, some of them forget the roads to their homes. And street pastors have to keep them safe at night and send them back to wherever they came from in the morning. That's what they are doing. And that's why God is meeting these people. Most of the encounters we read about in the life of Jesus, I repeat, are in places that are ordinary, everyday places. 
schools, homes, workplaces, squash courts, pubs, fields, etc. God is still meeting people in all these places. And so number two, God transforms the ordinary place into a holy place. That desert place became God's holy place. For most travelers, this place was just a stopping off place. Somewhere handy to spend the night. But for Jacob, this very ordinary place becomes extraordinary. It is a touching point between heaven and earth, as I mentioned before. Jacob renames the place what? Bethel, which means the house of God. Number three, Jacob makes the ordinary place with a stone, marks it with a stone. Sorry. Jacob assu- God assures Jacob that he hasn't finished with him yet. God's purpose will be worked out through Jacob. Jacob has been a schemer his whole life. And that's why he is on the run. But in this place, he hears the voice of God reassuring him that God will make a difference throughout or through Jacob in the places he finds himself. Jacob owns the place and knows that it is significant. Do you own the place where God has put you? Or do you feel that you just have to be a visitor? You just have to be like some might feel themselves to be visitors in the church. No, this is the house of God. You belong here. Can you help me assure someone next to you, you belong here? Can you tell them that, please? You belong here. If they didn't believe you, turn to the next person, tell the person, you belong here. (laughs) Praise God. You know, we all belong here. This is God's house. And so we need to reassure ourselves, make it, this ordinary place, extraordinary to you and to God. When you come here, face God, worship God, give God your best. Don't give him the leftover. You've done everything throughout the week. And it's like, oh, it's another Sunday morning. No, that's not what it should be. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said, let us do what? Go to the house of God. So Sunday is a joyful day. It's a day of celebration. To say, hey, it's another Sunday. Let me go and worship God. It shouldn't be a time for you to believe. Oh, not again. No, again, yes, again. Amen. Because God is in this place and he wants you to know that. And he wants to connect each and every one of us in what we do. In making sure that we make an impact in the world where he has placed us. And you are here for an impact. You are not here as a passerby. The world is a journey. But wherever you are, you must leave your mark before you leave. And I pray, God will make you see yourself. Look at those dots. Those dots are gathered on the left block. We are gathered here in church. But from tomorrow morning, as my little friend has said, we will all be scattered and going to the various places like these dots that are scattered here now, making impact. Where we are gathered in one place, we can't make much impact. But when we are scattered, even though we are few, we make a lot of impact. And that is what you see in those pictures. So we come to time of prayer. And I want you to pray with me. It's all up there for you to see. One, two, go, let's pray. Lord of all creation, thank you that our everyday 
ordinary places matter to you and we make a difference there. We offer to you the places where we live, work, study, and play. May we serve you and bear witness to you wherever we are this week. And may we know your presence with us in these places. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.